is Notorious P.O.D. The name's John Bass on this M.I.C. I brought a couple man alongside of me. I got Gary Roy Smith in the place to boot. We got murder stats and guests galore. You know we're talking real hip-hop folklore. And we're gonna cover all the goddamn classics. Notorious P.O.D. We're gonna smash it. Peace! Hello and welcome to the first episode of 2020 for Notorious P.O.D. I am joined by Sugar Nonce. Cal, how are you, mate? <laughs> I'm alright, yeah. I'm good. I like the gut that yeah. <laughs> I was taken aback by that and I was like, you fucking lost, mate. Yeah. Like, have I got to fill you in in this office? Like, <laughs> lost a bit of weight, I can take you now. The thing is, it just started from, would you like a cup of tea? Yeah. Yes. Tea was like... Uh, I'll just have it as it is. Cal was like, I'll have a tea. I'll have a sugar with my tea. Yeah. That's it. And now you're a sugar nonce. And that's yeah. how it is. That's fine. Um, talking of tea, we're joined by tea. The line is filled. What's up? It's, been, it's, it's been too long. Got this Jericho over here getting hatchet board and I'm, I'm just sitting there waiting, collecting dust. Yeah. It's, it's been it's been my own fault, really, tea, that I've, I've left you on the shelf for too long there. But bringing you, bringing you back is what was needed. Well, Because, I mean, the main motivation is because every time we go to, to Spurs... We end up descending into like hip hop chats, and we're wasting gold, we're wasting solid yeah. gold material. So I thought we need to bring it to the airwaves. So this um, this first episode of 2020 is what I describe as just a general hip hop chat. We're just going to chat about some shit. We're and drinking tea like we're Wiley and Stormzy. Yeah, um, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So we're going to go into a few different subjects. We're going to talk about um, this Wiley and Stormzy beef, which has kind of dominated the UK music scene. Uh, we're going to talk about Eminem's album, which is going to be pretty out there. Yeah. Um, we're also going to talk about Griselda, mm-hmm. how 2019 was the year. Uh, and then for a bit of fun, we're going to ask the question and we're going to put it out there, is P. Diddy a nonce? <laughs> <laughs> so that should be pretty good. And before I get into it, boys, how was, um, uh, it seems like a million years ago now, but how was like Christmas and New Year's and, and all that shit? Did you do anything hip-hop over Christmas? Yeah, I was just sat here actually, I was just thinking, oh, did I get any hip-hop presents? Did I get any presents mm. that had a hip-hop kind of thing to them? And I really don't think I did. I got a book actually. Um, I did get a book. It was for my birthday actually. I got a book, and it's the most important hip hop song of every year mm. since 1972 79. or whatever it was. Yeah, that when you was what 25. Yeah, well, so, I was out music. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 20 years before Cal was born. Yeah. <laughs> you, you and Cool Herc just like hanging yeah. around, having a right laugh. I gave him the idea, mate. Yeah. <laughs> taking the credit from me. Yeah. Do you know what you want to do, mate? <laughs> Let me <laughs> tell you. You're the great hip hop, mate. You know what I mean? There might be a lot of money in that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like Casanova Kaz, one for the older listeners. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so it's between like 1979 and 2014 the book nice. was released. I think so yeah that was quite a good present that I got yeah, yeah. it's a good read it's just a one song a year and it's story behind it and the way it's sounded and stuff like that so, nice yeah. nice how about you see any, any hip hop presents this year I've got a black tracksuit so I feel a bit road yeah. <laughs> that'll do a black night tracksuit so, oh, nice. so yeah just you know men are wear black you know, not exactly <laughs> hip hop per se but that's as hip hop as it got but um, yeah. yeah I mean as of um at the end of every year, I always do a list of albums, and um, it made me think about 2019 as a whole. Yeah, and it was a decent, it was a decent year. Mm. I mean, I was a bit, I and mean, then for, for a lot of the year, it was um, Freddie Gibbs talking about Bandana as album of the year, and he kept putting it out, which is fine, which is fair enough, no positive energy in that, but it finished, uh, I think it finished number two or three on the list in the end. Interesting, but um, 
Yeah, no, that's pretty much what I did for Christmas. Yeah. Made, made a list and um, got a black tracksuit. <laughs> but but where is your, is your list? Is your list like your pinned tweet or anything? Um, no, it's on my Instagram somewhere, it's on Twitter somewhere. Yeah. Um, but a guy called Add Two was number one of an album called The Jim Crow Musical. Mm. Um, so name. basically, the narrative runs, there's a narrator that runs a story through the album, talks about different aspects of black life in America. And um, I just thought it was a really interesting concept, and you wrapped it really well. So yeah, that was that 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 pipped Bandana to the post. That was a good album. The Add Two album was a good album. I think I, I texted you, didn't I? And I said, "This is the album that Kendrick." <laughs> Absolute mug. <laughs> I texted him and said, "This is the album that Kendrick wishes Dan was." <laughs> Dan was an absolute stain. Yeah, I like Kendrick. I love him. I think Kendrick is great, but the Add Two album it was it was it was something special. Don't you think like concept albums? If they're done well, they always end up on top of these lists mm. because, like concept albums, they can really like capture your imagination like more than more than like say a normal album where it jumps around a little bit. You have like party tracks and stuff. If you've got a good concept album and it, kind of obvious, but if the concept is clear and concise, and you've got great songs on there, mm. then it like does make a big difference. Um, I find that really interesting concept. Like concept it, it, it can be interesting. I mean, I'm surrounded by people who hate this band, but. Um the most famous concept album of all time was Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band and it abandoned the concept after two or three songs <laughs> <laughs> so it's nice that someone saw it through I mean I guess The Streets um, Grand yeah. Up for Free yeah. was a story through an album and that was well done so it's, it's, it's either um, hit or miss with those yeah for sure right let's get down to what I can only describe as uh, the, the biggest story of of 2020 we're in January so it's not, not a huge competition this but decade this, yeah of this decade by yeah. miles um, but this really was like a, a massive landmark moment certainly in uh, UK music scene um, was the Wiley versus Stormzy beef now I know pretty much every other pod um, that's in the same kind of bracket of us has, has done their uh, Wiley and Stormzy and I did think about like maybe just leaving it off because everyone's probably said everything that could be said about it but then I thought no fuck that I've got some shit to say about it and I'm guessing you boys have too there's there's everybody else and then there's the definitive opinion and this that's what <laughs> that's what people are here for they're not here yeah. for all this other shit yeah. they're for Coca-Cola not Pepsi Max boom <laughs> love that honey yes um, alright let's talk about it um, first of all before this beef kicked off if, if you had to pick one that you would be like okay I'm going to basically only listen to that artist for the rest of time and not be able to listen to the other one who would you have picked and why okay. um uh, full disclosure I don't know much about Grime at all okay. so but I have heard I think I heard Stormzy's last album and I quite it was alright uh, I liked the the intro track that was really good and there was three or four other tracks I liked I have heard some Wiley stuff as well um, but I fell out with him when he wore the Arsenal tracksuit and that was that for me so um, I know it's not a football podcast but if, if you're a Tottenham fan you don't wear an Arsenal tracksuit that's just fucking weird so I was just like no fuck you uh, so to pick one yes I would have picked Stormzy yeah, okay. See? I like to pick Wiley, just a sheer body of work um, over Stormzy, really. And Stormzy's making albums, and Grime is not a genre that lends itself to albums. Mm. So so I guess, you know, he's making albums, he's making songs that build an album while he's just out there releasing singles and bangers, you know, like um, We're in My Rolex, um, Bosey. Um, you know, few other, was it 50 50 was one of his songs yeah, as well? So, yeah, so he's got all these, all these songs, and um, I think 
I think um, Wiley embodies grime a lot more than, than Stormzy does. But like I don't know loads about grime, but that's probably who I'd have picked. And um, if you tell me that they're going to battle, I'd have probably had Wiley to win, but that's how it kind of went. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, it was, it was certainly an interesting thing. When did you, like, start come up, kind of becoming aware of it? Because I remember, so the, obviously the three of us are in a, in a WhatsApp group, and I remember, like, the first, I think it's the Wiley, that um, Idiot Skengman, Mm. Um, track came out and I think got posted in the group and we were like oh shit this is kicking <laughs> off because they were talking like Wiley was doing his usual just chatting yeah, shit yeah. firing on Twitter for ages mm. and then he dropped it and it was a little bit like oh shit this is mm. on um, what do we think of the first the first Wiley track um, I should have listened to it today so I can be fresh in the memory but I thought he was calling him out mm. I mean it was it was um, bubbling under for ages I follow a load of UK gossip pages on um, Instagram one of them is actually called UK gossip mm. and um they're talking about Wiley having a go about making a song of Ed Sheeran and that Jay-Z didn't want to record with you. Yeah. And he's kept going at himself. Well, well, this is just going to peter out like when he dissed um, Drake yeah. um, earlier last year. So, um, so I heard that. I thought, fuck, it's on. But he's not going to respond. Surely he's not going to respond. Yeah. He's, he's um, you know, he's royalty. He's not going to respond. And then the response came like, fuck it. Yeah. <laughs> but the response came and it came with, it came with visuals and yeah. it was pretty out there wasn't it what, what did you think Kat? I really liked the, the response yeah I heard Wiley's and I thought yeah that's cool but yeah same as T normally when when the, um, you know, in boxing terms you call them the A side yeah. Stormzy's the A side he's the guy that sells the tickets does you know is the guy normally in in battles in this, particularly in hip hop the A side your Drakes your, your Jay Z's they don't always reply yeah. to the B side they'll just go oh, whatever mate you know but when when disappointed came out and the video came out, I was like, "All oh, gone, son!" And he he's spitting like he is, and he's and I think I think you know just as rappers, you know, in terms of style of rapping, Stormzy's my kind of rapper. Yeah. Like he's the guy I would probably listen to more, no matter what their beats or what their music sounded like. He's more my kind of MC, and um, yeah, he. He came with it. He came with it, and um, he didn't knock him out. Yeah, but he buzzed him. Yeah, I don't even know if Don said that in it because it doesn't yeah. doesn't strike me as a battle rapper or a battle MC. I should say more to the point. And um, I don't know when Doc Rotten's diss happened. Was it was it before the Wiley one or after? I think it was after the Wiley one, but before the Stormzy yeah. response. Yeah, because he did one calling Stormzy an industry plant yeah and that kind of made me think it's a bit of you because guys. Stormzy's got an awful lot of success and to be completely honest he's not an amazing MC yeah. he's just I don't know if it's just the right place at the right time or the management yeah. were there but you know I just saw him as, as, as you know a bit of a that, that made me that gave me a bit of food for thought and then when Stormzy replied it was a bit like oh, I never knew he had it in him mm. but when but kind of been like the boxing thing that's what I was going to say been at the boxing thing is like well you know you're the ace you don't need to respond here but I feel that he probably feels that people think he's selling out a little bit you know going to America doing all this you know singing about God's grace and all this sort of stuff and he's turning back on grime a little bit so maybe he wanted to prove a point that yeah. look I can I can bar with any of you mm. and Wiley is just Wiley yeah no for sure I, I think there's a lot there that I, that I absolutely agree with I think it's like the context for me is 
Wiley likes taking shots at loads of people because he, he basically one I think he's genuinely fucking nuts yeah. like I don't think he's the full ticket like he's just mad just mad shit including wearing an Arsenal tracksuit and then being from Tottenham and being a Tottenham fan yeah. like, that, that is mental to me um, so he, did, he does that and I think it's like this attention thing that he's yeah. constantly after like buzz and keeping his name up there but the thing is if you take all that crazy shit away and look, just look at the context like he pretty much like masterminded and created a scene which has like inspired like a whole generation including people like Stormzy and what this this whole kind of saga is like illustrated is the old generation versus the new generation and we see it in like hip hop as well in the States but there's not really been that much of a kind of crossover certainly not artists as big as these two and what they, they actually like signify and because the scene is newer they're actually like closer in terms of like the two generations are a lot closer like mm. Wiley's still relevant now mm. and Stormzy's kind of out now so the whole thing was like massive from my mind and I agree with you T I think Stormzy I was surprised he replied but actually he kind of had to because if he didn't then all those rumours and those theories of him being an industry plant and being a soft pop star he, he's going to struggle to get that off his back and coming back at Wiley the way that he did and subsequently goes on to do has now made me who someone who's like mm, I don't know why he's so big there are so many better MCs than him that haven't got the success it's now made me stand up and go okay actually he is like he is one of the like premier battlers and battle rappers and, and MCs who's got fire it, it reminded me sorry it reminded me of um, Tiny Temp Tiny Temper and Chip yeah because Chip did Tiny Temper really really bad yeah he even put his mum in and Tampa didn't even respond. So yeah. it made me think, well, maybe maybe Storms, Stormzy won't respond. Yeah. But what you said there about hip-hop and the generations, it reminds me of something Kano said in the podcast. I think it was of, um, what's that guy named the poet? Scroobius Pip yeah. on his podcast. And people say, I think Kano said, you know, people say, you know, I'm like Jay-Z, but Grime is still quite young. I mean, I might be, I might be DJ Herc. I might be, um, you know, Run DFC. You know, you don't know how long mm-hmm. Grime's got. So... Mm-hmm. You know, so obviously there's, there's parallels of Stormzy and Jay-Z to the because he's kind of like, I guess second generation mm. and fucking huge. Yeah. Yeah. But you just don't know what's coming, what's, what's going to come after Yeah, as well. Yeah, it's really interesting. I, I do think it has been good for Grime and I think he's got a lot of people talking about the scene again mm. and you can you can read into what you, what you want because now Wiley's playing this whole, this is what I wanted in the first place, it doesn't matter who wins, like everybody wins and it's like, but if you'd have won, <laughs> would you have said that? Because I'm assuming we're kind of saying Stormzy wins this in the four, yeah. four tracks. Yeah, I, I think, like I said, in the first track, he Stormzy buzzed him, yeah. clipped him with a shot, made his legs wobble a little bit. What I liked about the first track was the little story, move to your brother in front of your dad. Yeah. <laughs> Old man just stood there pissed. And I was just like, oh, I like that because you're... You're painting a picture for me. Yeah. You're giving me a story. It might be true. It might not be true. But you're saying it with such force. I believe you. Yeah. I believe that it's true. And then the second track, Mumsy banged up abroad. Was such so a good. great line. <laughs> such a good line. I was because Stormzy. Stormzy's he has the advantage before we even begin because he's Stormzy mm. and he's in terms of you know he used to look at like numbers if you used to look at numbers it'd be like he's probably got three times the Twitter followers yeah. you know sales all of that sort of stuff he's going to start the favourite isn't he but he's come out he's coming with bars and he's coming with witty stuff yeah. Yeah. and Wiley didn't deny it and because 
as soon as he said that, Mumsy's banged up abroad, he throw Terminal 4, all that stuff. It was so clever, it was so witty. Because Stormzy starts the favourite, and then he's so witty, Wiley, at that point, he can't win. It's yeah. over. It was over from that point. Yeah, it was like a figure four leg neck, and then can't, can't break out of that. <laughs> break out of Ken Shamrock's there, just, just yeah. snapping Wiley. <laughs> um, but no, you make a really good point there, which is, I hadn't really considered it until we just said that, which is that, in a lot of beefs, and we'll go on to talk about some of the other like famous beefs in, in hip hop and the other scenes. When it gets like to just being nice and coming up with insults, that's one thing. But when you're like pulling out things from their past and stories, and it gets more personal, that's when for me like you you win or lose. And that's why for me I've always been on uh, like Takeover versus Ether. Mm-hmm. Takeover, Jay Z is talking about specific things that happened between Nas and Jay. And he's like bringing up events like, oh, talking about your tech on the dresser, I gave you first gun when we were on tour with Large Professor. Like, that happened, right? So he's mugging him off directly. When Nas is saying, yeah, you look like a fucking camel when you yeah. do Tybo, it's like, that's, that is weak. And I felt it got to the point with Wiley where it was like, he ran out of things to say about Maya Jama. And it was like, that was kind of your thing. And he had that one line that was great, which is like, um, Michael Myers not coming back to you or whatever it was and I was like that's a clever lyric but aside from that he's like he didn't have anywhere to go and it's like I love Wiley and I think like from a grime MC's perspective his actual delivery like from a grime point of view was fantastic but mm. he just didn't he didn't do enough to just yeah. smash up Stormzy I mean personally. what bothered me and I actually tweeted about it was um, people just not getting the, the clash culture right yeah you know, when hip hop is called people and grime it's called clashing that's, that's what it's like in like dancehall music the old days of Shabaranks and Ninja Man and Beanie Man and Battle all battling each other top of the game and that's what this is about it's about competition it's not about who wins and who loses it's not Biggie and Tupac or someone's yeah. going to get shot over it or whether they really hate each other it's, it's mutually beneficial um, it benefits Stormzy because now he's a bit more credible as a grime MC yeah. And Wiley, people are talking about him again, and people are talking about grime as as a genre, and um, it's, it's evolving. Um, you know, I mean, God, I've been going to probably say the next five minutes, but with hip hop, it was New York, New York, New York, up until the late eighties. It's New York, New York, and if you don't sound like that, then you're not going to get anywhere. But these days, you've got people like J.K. Bugsy Malone, um, I think it's H. These guys yeah. are from out of London, and they're making headway. So the sound's evolving. So. You got all that, and then you got something bringing it back to the essence, which is clashing. It's just, it's a beautiful thing for, yeah. for, for me. I think that was what I liked about it as well. And I think I said this when we was in our WhatsApp group when, when all the sends were coming out. I like that they're called sends. Yeah. yeah. I like that it's called clashes or clashing. I like that because it's ours then. It's yeah. different. We're not saying disses. Like, disses is fine, but it sounds a bit shit. Yeah. Sends, it's just, it sounds proper. It yeah. sounds like the sort of thing, you know, so and so sending for you. Like, that's the sort of thing you'd actually say. You wouldn't say, you know, on road, like, oh, so-and-so is dissing you. It's just not, it's not realistic. It's all come from Jamaica, obviously. To yeah, of course. To point out. <laughs> yeah. but, um, but, but no, no, it's, it's, it's our own, and it's, you know, it's British, yeah. and Storm's in the video drinking a cup of tea. Yeah. And, um, yeah. no, it's, it's, it's awesome, and I, I, love the, I love the energy of it. Mm. Um, I mean, you know, this is a hip-hop podcast, and we often talk, often in hip-hop, we say, who's got the best lyrics? But sometimes it's with art, it's a presentation on the whole. Someone could have amazing lyrics, but if they sound shit, I don't want to listen to it. If you make me sound, if you sound like something I want to listen to, then I'll probably listen to the lyrics after. Yeah. And I think that's, that's I think sometimes in crime, 
some the good thing with Graham is obviously the sound's unfinished. Yeah. And I feel Wiley is more towards that side. It's probably why yeah. I favour him a bit more than Stormzy. Stormzy is someone who's like, you know, polished. Yeah. You know, and um this is coming out of all these clean albums mm. and it's a bit of a departure from like Shut Up and yeah. Who Do You Know Me from yeah, yeah. And I think that's what it is, isn't it? It's like Wiley basically like embodies the purest elements of grime, which is that almost like you don't when you record it, you record it in one take yeah. and you hear the breaths and you hear the energy and it is about energy. Like grime to me when I think about it is like everyone in a room, an MC's on a mic, DJ's there and it's just live. That's how I think of grime. And you're right, like it doesn't always translate well on albums. There are a few yeah. standouts, obviously. Um whereas I see Stormzy is, is that crossover artist where he's come from that scene but really now he doesn't really make grime he makes like that like drill and like he more he called like, himself the king of grime yeah I and I think that, that pissed Wiley off though didn't well, I, I pissed that pissed me off as well yeah. I was like, who are you how dare you yeah. I loved it I thought that was fucking great <laughs> I loved it who comes into the king of grime king of grime I was like oh I thought that was a fucking great line yeah I thought it was great to be fair I would, I would have loved to have seen like and it would never happen because people just I think they don't they don't see it as like a, a negative thing the clash culture I think you're right yeah. I think they see it as like a benefit for the scene but I would love to see like some of those older heads like genuinely like back in the mix competing for that title because yeah. yeah. like, I kind of think of like people like Kano as like the Nazis and like Jay-Z's yeah. where they're like yeah. they are just a level above it's just that they're not as active and they're yeah. not as like yeah. out there now so it's like of the king of anything is it the best ever or is it who's the best right now yeah and it's like are you the best right now if they're still alive but not active and there's yeah, all these like yeah. weird things about who's the best and I kind of think that's, that's it's, part it's of the about, joy it's about I would compare it to like King of New York and, and Jay-Z would always say King of New York it's not about being the best MC it's about I'm the figurehead right now yeah. for this that's, and that's Stormzy right now he's the figurehead for Grime whether he's he's not pure grime, he's not completely off, he's not completely you know he's not he's more semi skinned, isn't he? He's not he's not <laughs> yeah. gold top, but he is the figurehead for the for the culture. Well, yeah. you know, it's back to the albums and singles thing for, mm. for any genre. You know, the best rappers of all time have albums that you can kind of mm. name. Mm. You know, and you've got someone like Wiley who probably doesn't have that album. Yeah. And you've got someone like Stormzy who does. You know, UK hip-hop, you've got Klashnikov and Skinny Man who have mm. those yeah. those classic albums. Yeah. But arguably, there's rappers that are in the UK that are better than nice just having them, yeah. put together on an album. Yeah, and sure. I guess that's probably where Graham's going to go in the next 10 years where people are going to be making, you know, Boy in the Corner, but 2020's version. Yeah. And it'll probably go on from there. Yeah, it's true. I think we can all agree it's like it's been really good for the scene. I think it's been really good, like it's a good start to the year just in general like it's kind of it's weird because obviously they're basically saying how they're going to rip each other's mum's weaves out and fucking yeah. do all this mad shit but it seemed really positive like it seemed loads of people were talking about it loads yeah. of people engaging in music which is like what we're all passionate about and I think it's like it's been a great start to the year I just hope that there's loads of artists now kind of use this platform yeah. and we see a load of like young new British yeah. artists do something with this platform yeah. the only thing that annoys is when people just don't get it yeah. and they do yeah. think pieces and nothing just fuck off man it's yeah. not yours yeah. <laughs> it's not yours I mean yeah. I'm I'm as old as shit but I'll always appreciate you know the music that young people make yeah. and the culture and as I said it's not about I talked about his mama it's a bit misogynistic it's like well this is grime it's yeah. not it's, it's not it's not clean it's not squeaky clean they're going to say problematic stuff it's just it is what it is and not everyone who says problematic things are necessarily bad people sometimes no. it's just it's, it's the environment and in a battle or in a clash mm. you've got to say that shit then yeah, yeah. 
you say anything to try and win the battle, you know, and like you said, it's a hip hop podcast and we're going to talk about some, you know, more hip hop beefs now. How many hip hop beefs have ended in violence? It's, there's one Biggie and Tupac, that's it. Yeah. The rest of it, they say whatever they fucking like about each other and it doesn't end in nothing. It's competition. You say whatever you want to say and that's what the, the, the culture's built on is that competition and we need that. The thing is, music gets this, and particularly like urban music, hip hop, grind, etc., gets this fucking bullshit tag that it like somehow encourages violence or like stokes it up. But like what we're saying then essentially is like if you in art, if you demonstrate or talk about a subject, therefore you're either condoning it or somehow glamorizing or glorifying it. But that's like any any film, if you depict any type of like rape or murder or violence or crime, it's a story. It's art. It's like there's pictures of like domestic abuse yeah. it's art it's not necessarily saying this is like mm. great it's just saying this exists mm. and the fact is those things exist people do horrible shit and yeah. they're not saying you should do it they're just they're just telling their experience and their stories I, I always find it such a fucking infuriating and pointless debate when people are like does it incite violence it's like you don't understand it it's not for you yeah Plus, another thing that bothers me so much, man. Yeah. If it's not for you, just fuck off then. Don't listen to it. There's so many things in the world that are not for me. I don't say, oh, I don't get it, it's rubbish. Like, just don't listen to it. There's yeah. so much more out there in the world. Just don't listen to crime if you don't get crime. Just, Same with hip hop. You know, I mean, there's so many rappers who things are said about. And, um, and when you get these, like, Guardian, like, think pieces oh, on. Man. I think oh, it was when, when Kendrick Lamar did Humble. I said, oh yeah, but you know, he said this about cellulite, and I'm like, it's just a song, man, fuck off. Honestly, it's mental. Um, so yeah, don't be that person. If you don't like someone, just don't listen to it. Also, there's there's so much music in the world to listen to. If you're listening to something and you think, oh, I hate this, this is a horrible message, listen to one of the other billion songs that have ever been written, and you might like it. Mm-hmm. And, and that's the other thing, is that if you spout out negativity, then you're encouraging a conversation about negativity. Sometimes if you speak mm-hmm. more about the things you like... You have more fruitful conversations. There's so much music out there that I like. I don't. I don't often tweet about the mu- music I hate unless it's someone I love. Mm. There's something I don't like. Mm. I would never say I don't know. I don't get um, little Uzi Vert. I'm not going to go day after day saying you know, so but she rhymed this word of that word, mm. and he's taking bloody I don't know cough syrup every day. And, mm. you don't you care. Know, I, I don't care. Yeah. I'd rather <laughs> spend my time talking about something that's a bit more positive than than just hating on stuff. Yeah, let's make 2020 the year where we like take hip hop debates and we just like talk about stuff that we do like. Um, so the next thing we're going to talk about is how much we hate Eminem. Yay! <laughs> um, so we're going to have a quick break and then we are going to get stuck into some proper fucking hate. Let's yeah. fucking have it. Okay, uh, welcome back, Eminem. Eminem. So um, we've spoken privately about uh, Eminem many times uh, about his kind of standing in hip hop, what he's doing. Uh, Kamikaze was all right. We spoke about um, Eminem beats. <laughs> They're all the same. Uh, always the same. Always the same. <laughs> always the same. Um, to some extent, <laughs> don't know. If don't know, wasn't there. Um, <laughs> They are basically always the same. Yeah. Um, but he's released a new album this week, and unlike Kamikaze, that had like uh, a lot of critical acclaim, a lot of people were like, "This is better. This is good that he's kind of answered a few critics because he had a fucking stinker on his album before that." It's nice that he addressed that, and it kind of felt like this is a perfect time. You've just reminded everyone that you are actually an elite rapper. You might not be necessarily like relevant as an artist now, but you are still an elite rapper. 
perfect way just to just drop that and fuck off. <laughs> and he's thought to himself, no, that was good. What I'll do now is go back and make the same sort of shit I was making before and see if I can ride the wave. Um, it's not gone down well, has it, boys? No, it's not really. He did, uh, he did, obviously, like you said, he did kamikaze. At the time, it was being spoke about like it was fucking great. It wasn't. It was cool. Like, it was cool. It was, I think it was one of those things, like, by comparison. Like, yeah. that was so bad. Like, what was it called? Revival, wasn't it? Revival was so, 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 so bad that the next one was always going to be really, really good by comparison because it couldn't really get any worse than that. Yeah. Uh, so he did Kamikaze and that was okay and I think a lot of the, the, the way I kind of gauge albums these days is when was the last time I listened to it Yeah. and did I skip half the fucking tracks on it and that's the case with Kamikaze it's like I'd probably, I'd probably listen to like two tracks on it maybe yeah. and then he did he's done a couple of guest verses I know we're going to talk about Griselda in a little while he did Bang wasn't it he did Bang with Conway uh, and then there's a for some sick reason they brought out a West Side Gun remix I don't know why you do <laughs> I don't know why you you would do it just didn't have enough beep 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 on it it's a sick joke it just didn't have enough gun noises on it so <laughs> <laughs> so yeah so like he did that and that was okay and then he did a song with Fat Joe and Dre yeah uh, Mary J Blige that was okay he did a verse on that but he talked about Nick Cannon and was like why, the f- why do I care about Nick Cannon why are you talking about Nick Cannon like yeah Send for send to somebody like fucking good, yeah. like sending for a fucking TV show host is yeah. so corny and shit. And then he's brought out this album, and it was like, okay, like it's fine. Like the songs with like Anderson Pack's quite good. Yeah, uh, there's a there's one with Royce and Black Four and uh, somebody else, and then there's one with Three Quarters of Slaughterhouse. Um, yeah, everyone other than Joe Buttons basically yeah. um, and then but that's about it and there's a couple of like really cheesy like dance clubby songs oh, on it it's really, the one with Ed Sheeran is particularly fucking awful yeah and it's do you know what, do you know what I've kind of realised it's like with him Doc, like Dr Dre's oh, oh. Dr Dre's kind of run with rap music ended 15 years ago you'd yeah. say um, and now Eminem is is being a he wants to be a player and he's a coach and he doesn't have a coach anymore and he doesn't have someone to go this is what your album should be and this is how we'll do it yeah. and it's him just kind of going okay I'll get this person I'll get this person I quite like Young MA's verse on the on, yeah. the, on the intro she track she is genuinely very good though yeah like really rare she is really good yeah. yeah he should just do that just surround himself by like loads of young good rappers and yeah. just do the odd verse here and there yeah. like don't try and control what the song is don't do club songs like don't you're yeah. 50 like don't do it yeah. kind of thing you know, he's at least 45 just stop it don't and it was just it was bad wasn't it it, it was is, bad it's bad now, now to you um, confess that you haven't heard the album which is fine because we're talking more generally about I've listened to a single Eminem album I'm <laughs> 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 totally serious no I've done it once but um, hip hop doesn't lend itself to longevity at all yeah. and I feel that Eminem's a victim of that to a degree a lot of what drove him to his success was his life and how he started out and even his journey to the top in hip hop, you know, um, now it's a battle out to being taken seriously and I guess now there's nothing, the only drive now is that it's to prove that he's still got it, mm. but I don't know who's got to really prove that to. Um, I think the only, there's not many people immune to it. I think jay Z is about the only one who's not immune to it, it's probably why he's not my favourite MC of all time, but he's got to be in the, in the Mount Rushmore because... Yeah. 
444 was one of the best albums of the last decade and that album was probably about 18, 19 years after his first album yeah. and it still sounded fresh and of the time and, um, yeah. and current and it's, it's, it's difficult for, for Eminem really because he's probably, it's a bit like a bad haircut, he's just going to keep cutting until <laughs> there's no hair left, <laughs> you know, he ruined one part of the haircut so you can try and cut more to try and <laughs> <laughs> see if we can salvage it and it's just getting less. His career right now is a bad haircut. Yeah, that's a, that's, that's a good analogy, really. Yeah, it's somebody in our Telegram group last night said, "Name five albums that have been made by rappers in their forties. That are any good? And I was so angry about that question. <laughs> I was fucking hunting around for ages, and I picked five really quite average albums. But I was going to die on that hill. <laughs> well, four forty four was one. Four forty four yeah. was one. One was by Master Ace. One was by Gangstar because Guru was forty three when the owners came out. Yeah, nice. Um, Master Ace, Son of Yvonne. How old's Common? Ooh, B B was he was he not over forty then, no. yeah, and he's not made a great album since then. As much as you love him, yeah, I know. I was gonna say he's everything. Good. Everything he's little, done, little, other than that, is trash. To be honest with you, little brother, nah, did an album last year. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna <laughs> let that go. I, I, just really I heard it and I was like, everyone loved five. And I was going, no, everything before that was great as well. <laughs> Fuck's sake, I think, he didn't buy it. He didn't buy Electric it. Circus. Oh, fine, you can have that one. Yeah, everything I love else Electric Circus. It is so weird. I don't know why I like that. Yeah. But but no, it's right. Rappers over the age of forty don't generally make great mm. albums. Mm. It's not because it's not necessarily because they're over forty. It's just a case of um, there's not much fresh to really be be said. But then you've got this kind of subgenre that's called grown rap, and I guess um, Fontaine and Little Brother were at the kind of forefront. They're talking about grown things. Four forty four mm. was a grown a grown yeah. rap quote unquote album. So yeah. it's almost a subgenre in itself. And maybe yeah. you'll get more albums in the next few years which fit that description yeah it's, it's a fair point actually because hip hop is, is essentially like born out of youth culture it's born out of yeah. the idea of like telling the story of how you're like what you're going to do mm-hmm. as much as what you've done um, so when you do it all it like it does become hard to talk about it where, where other genres aren't literal like hip hop is literal it's like my story I did this I'm going to do that I've got this there's not really many uh, kind of wrapped up um, lyrics that are kind of more ethereal and concept based like most songwriters are they aren't kind of literal Um, so you can kind of write those songs forever but if you're talking about literal things and you get to the point where you're like a 50 year old man and your life is completely different and your audience in theory are like 19, 20 year olds Mm -hmm. the connection just gets lost and I think the wider problem for Eminem is that for a long time he is not rapping about what the song is about He's just rhyming words. And I know this is Joe Budden's thing, and I completely get what he means, because there's two or three tracks early on in this album where the hook is about a thing, like a relationship, for example. But then his lyrics just spiral off into just like incredible technique, like incredible technique, but they're nothing to do with the song. They're just like random stuff. Mm. And he does this so often that it's irritating. And you mentioned the um, bang, the Conway thing. That track is fucking great. Then all of a sudden, yeah, the no. beat switches and he starts rapping about random shit. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. that's nothing to do with the track. The track yeah. is is about what it's about. Yeah. You can't just decide to change the topic, especially in a studio situation. Yeah, because if you if it's live, I mean, it's like free form jazz. It works live. Doing it in an album situation where the songs have got to fit together and the concept have got to fit together, it's not really going to work if he's like. Yeah. You know, just going off on you know rhyming Apple twenty five times. Yeah, yeah, and that's that's what I was saying before. He needs a coach. Yeah, because he's just 
doing what he wants to do because he's Eminem yeah. and there's no one there to go mate this don't make any sense yeah. you're just rapping about nothing probably paying them that's why he's yeah. going to lose that money he's so fuck knows how you know fair play to all these young guys that got on the album you know young MA she must be like fucking great probably just got like half a mil to do a track with him because make him look cool you know um, it was like that fucking uh, <laughs> that meme with the fucking old guy with the red cap on he's like oh, hey hey young oh, yeah. kids <laughs> you hello fellow kids yeah it, just, it is it's just like that it's like oh I'll get on the track with all these young guys and it'll make me look good kind of thing yeah totally and the thing is like he could this is what I don't get about him is he could exactly like you said he could just kind of play the role of like essentially having introducing like loads of young artists and just do like a, like a verse on a couple of the tracks mm. but make that verse like concise and about the, the track don't just try and smash in as much like technical stuff as you can mm. just to be like I'm oh, mate there's one track the last like 20 seconds is just like in- it's incredible wordplay and flow like it's lightning quick and it's just but it's just nonsense like it genuinely is nonsense mm. and I remember just listening to it going this is fucking shit like this yeah. is terrible yeah and it's just it's so frustrating for me because I, I've never been a massive Eminem fan like yeah. I, I really liked his first two albums thought they were really really good uh, and for what he kind of went through in terms of coming through a scene battle rap scene in yeah. a, as a kind of minority artist and kind of getting to where he's got to it's great like a fair play and he's had ridiculously big commercial success yeah. um, but he is he is every year soiling his legacy for me yeah. like he is because he's just He's just making himself a laughing stock. It should be a special thing when when he appears on a track, like when Jay Z does a track exactly. or Nas does a verse. You know, Nas jumps on a verse with somebody. It's a it's a big deal. It's a special thing. Yeah. And so if he's going to make, if he wants to continue to make music, cool. Don't do twenty track albums. Yeah. Like, nobody wants to hear twenty track albums anymore. Yeah. This is twenty twenty. We've all got iPhones. Our concentration is in the toilet. We can't do it anymore. Give us 10 tracks and don't be on every one. Jump in and out, dude. Leave a track for the young guys to do. Probably you know? Ego, probably, yeah, probably the nose ducked to the, to the gills. Yeah, yeah. It's a shame though because I sort of look at it and I think, actually, if you look at the kind of circle of artists that he's got kind of around him mm. that he could work with. So like, like, for example, he's got Young M.A. on this new album. Right, mm. great. Keeper, fantastic. Royce, mm. he's got all of Griselda. He's got Joe Ortiz. He's got like loads of good artists, right? Yeah. If he'd have just done like Eminem presents hip hop, mm. right? And he was like, the idea of this album is, I think modern hip hop is shit, but there are some fucking brilliant, <coughs> talented rappers, and I'm going to give them a platform. Mm. And like you said, he just does. I'll do me and Royce will do a track together, mm. and I'll do a little bit of a verse on Young mm. MH track, but that's it. But it's like me kind of mm. like showing the world that there is still good hip hop out there. It's like I, I'm thinking about Doctor J 2001. Exactly that. He's not on half the album. Yeah. yeah. But you don't even think about that because it's such a good album. Exactly that. It's just jump in and out, do a verse, do a verse here and there, and then dip out again. Leave it to everybody else, you know. Mate, totally. And that's that's the thing for me is like he's gone from you know being one of those we talk about like Mount Rushmore of hip hop. Like he's one of those that were in that conversation for commercial success, classic albums, that kind of conversation. He's miles away from that now. I think he's like really soiled his legacy for me. Mm. It's, a, it's a shame because it, it technically and like his technique and his ability to rhyme is fucking amazing yeah. but that that's almost completely pointless if it's, you don't say it with passion it's, it's like what I said earlier it's not about that it's not about yeah. rhyme schemes or or lyrics it's, it's about 
presentation as a whole. Yeah. You know, it's like food in a Michelin star restaurant. I mean, it can taste amazing, but it looks like crap. No one's going to want to eat it. Yeah. And if you're doing all these technical stuff, then you know you'll you'll appeal to a very small number of people who probably don't bathe. But <laughs> mate, it's not going to appeal to the masses. Just pack it in. Yeah. Yeah. You know, do, just do a little mixtape and do do it on there. Don't do it on an actual studio album. Yeah, it's true. I think the worst thing that ha- that happens to him and happened to him with this is like it does numbers like it just does numbers and, and he, in his mind he thinks yeah that's alright Even he says it on this album he's like even when I do a bad album I sell more records than you mm. and it's like yeah but that's just your ego talking you're not actually putting out good material the people are buying it because you're Eminem you've got mm. a ready made audience but the hip hop community do not and I heard uh, Lord Jamar talk about this he's like the hip hop community do not listen to Eminem like no one I know is like oh yeah I'll pick you up later and then they're pulling up listening to Eminem no, no one's listening to and him. And his songs don't play in clubs. Yeah, no, either. no. And it's "Bitch Please" too, and that's it. It goes, yeah. I mean, it goes <laughs> and that's basically a Snoop Dogg record. Yeah, it goes back to what I said earlier on about grime and hip hop music. For me, is about energy, you know. And um, the, the the energy is is felt in in clubs or you know when you're with your mates on bars. And his music is the sort of thing isn't in the room, you know, with all your doors locked and all your windows shut, and he's yeah. just kind of nodding your head in the corner. Yeah. That's probably why it's never appealed to me because that's the sort of music I feel he makes. And I just yeah. find it a bit you got to, you got to own it, these trainers, really, if you're going to listen to him. Yeah, pair of hands and baggy, yeah. baggy jeans with, <laughs> yeah. with a spliffy bloke on the back. Yeah, yeah. one of those chains that goes from like the middle of the yes. jeans to the back pocket yes. with your wallet on. And yeah. a Velcro wallet, obviously. Yeah. Oh, Dickies, obviously. Dickies hoodie on. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then probably probably bleach your hair still yeah. for a laugh um, we did have one question about Eminem which I thought would be quite yes. fun which is from our friends uh, Crate 808 uh, Cam asks us if this this Eminem was a footballer who would he be? I've got the answer but it's not a footballer ok talk to me it's a boxer and it's Roy Jones Jr ah. because when Roy Jones Jr first came on the scene he's one of the best boxers you've ever seen right and he boxed until he was nearly 50 mm. oh shit and, um, he just wouldn't go away. Yeah, <laughs> he just wouldn't go away. And um, that's one of the comparisons. In terms of football, it's difficult to really say because football's not a sport where you can play at top level till you're, till you're past your best. Is it Wayne Rooney? I was going to say, maybe him. He's at Derby, he's not really doing anything. He's deep gone to America, dicking around. Yeah, had to play midfield. Yeah, yeah. I was going to um, like put it on like a sort of more of a. like finite and smaller element of someone's career um, do you remember the fanfare that Jack Wilshere had against Barcelona, Barcelona right yeah. and then with every passing year yeah. he got slightly shitter but he was still getting contracts yeah that is Eminem's yeah. career he, he's basically Slim Shady LP and Marshall Mathers was Barcelona, Barcelona first half and second half <laughs> and, and after that it was like being a little bit shit at Arsenal then obviously took a, even more of a step down like with West Ham yeah. and, and he went out and loaned didn't he he was Bournemouth. at Bournemouth yeah. that was revival where is he now Jack Wilshere is, that, is it West Ham is he still at West Ham yeah, maybe it's Danny Rose as well you know, because <laughs> Danny Rose right had the body against Arsenal so that's Eminem's first couple yeah, of albums yeah. Yeah. went to crap a bit yeah. Yeah. then he came, became one of the best left backs in the country that's probably was it Kamikaze yep, yeah. there you go and then now he's not very good yeah. which is the current album yeah, yeah. So I like it we found it yeah we have found it are there any um, what I thought would be quite fun as well is that are there any other rappers that we can like um, find some correlation between rappers and footballers so for, I'll give you an example um, Big Pun right overweight right. Br- brilliant when he was younger flashes of brilliance overweight and then died Mido 
<laughs> I was going to say Charlie Adam. <laughs> Charlie Adam looks in a bad way. He looks like he's awful. Jesus. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's tough, you know. Um, Chad Evans, Mr. Cal. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's public. <laughs> that's just come to me. <laughs> <laughs> now I want to think of criminals now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I was going to say P. Diddy, um, Adam Johnson. <laughs> <laughs> yes, all right, completely. We're done. Absolutely, completely. Adam Johnson. Who, who was that? Was it Lee Hughes who had a car crash? Yeah, car accident, yeah. yeah. Uh, Alonso. Oh yeah. <laughs> Fucking hell! This is getting savage. It's, it's gone dark. Yeah. yeah, it's gone dark. So okay, um, Eminem. It just needs to retire, doesn't he? But he's not going to. Let's be honest. Yeah. How many? Let's put a bet on it. How many albums do we think he's going to release uh, before he retires? Three, three I, more. I don't think he'll ever retire. So probably be double figures. Yeah. Fuck yeah. How can I you retire from music? What do you do instead? Is there enough that going to retire? I mean, no, has anyone ever really done it? Yeah, and he has a big True. fan base. Yesterday, for the, I'm a bit bored at work, so I was on Amazon looking at random reviews. And uh, I went on Revival and looked, and the fucking reviews are amazing for yeah. that album. You'd think it's the best album of all time because he has this audience and they love him. Well, it's done shitloads of numbers. Yeah. They're not hip hop fans, though. No, they're and not. It's not about being not about being gatekeepers, but they're not hip hop fans. They're the only hip hop he hears. So yeah, anything he hears, anything he does, they're going to like it. And his yeah. music that I'm not necessarily into, and I like an artist, and everything. I'm like, oh my god, this is amazing. Mm. And if people listen to it, like, oh no, it's not. I'm like, it's fucking is. It's amazing. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. yeah, well, this is the thing that I always find amazing, which is like when you look at people's like um, record sales against like a classic album. So, for example, like um, Raycons, built for Cuban Links, hasn't even gone platinum. I think we should start a campaign to make that happen. Yeah, well, I did, I did try to start it, but no, nothing really came from it. But Revival, <laughs> Revival sold more records than only built for Cuban Links. I think it's kind of better though. It makes it a bit more, <laughs> makes it a bit more esoteric, isn't it? Yeah, yeah it's a bit more special, it. isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Because the people who own it actually. No, that's pride of place. Exactly. It's, it's pride of place in my house. The purple tape special edition box is in my house. Sitting pretty on lock. Um, all right, that's enough about Eminem. We're going to have another quick break and then we're going to talk about Griselda. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to talk about Griselda. <laughs> so, uh, Griselda, really weird for me um, kind of come out of nowhere on my radar uh, I think the first time I ever picked anything up from them was I saw Conway and Westside Gun doing some stuff together on like you know you see these little clips on Instagram yeah. and Twitter and stuff uh, and then I just kept hearing the name Griselda I kept hearing it on like tracks I kept like seeing it everywhere and I had one day when I was like feeling do you, do you ever get this when you like feel ill you yeah. get a word or a song or something stuck or a phrase right. stuck in your head and you just keep repeating it I just kept repeating Griselda 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 I was like right. woke up the next morning feeling a bit better and I was like what the fuck is Griselda so I sat on my thing and I was like okay so it's like collective these people I've heard of these people and put the whole thing together and since like kind of the middle of last year to the end they have gone from strength to strength and suddenly become a fucking force in hip hop um, what do we think? well how I heard of Griselda was almost at its inception because there's a blogger called Big Ghost and he was famous for doing the top 10 softest people in hip-hop. <laughs> and it was always Drake every single time. Yeah. His, and, his reviews were legendary. Oh, yeah. And then he'd be on Instagram, and he'd have these like, really, really long captions. 
Then at the end, he just says, fuck Tiger. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's fucking led. He's an absolute essential hip hop follow, Big Ghost, even and, to this day. And uh, even, I think uh, he's reviewing the ciphers on BET. Yeah. And, um, <laughs> AKA shampoo, shampoo biceps. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> cocaine biceps. Sort of like. Yeah, I mean, cocaine biceps, and shampoo then, um, knuckles. And then I think. Iggy Azalea did a verse. Yeah. So let's go through my lane. This is to get the entire fuck out of here. Let's <laughs> so go through that. So then he says, um, so I think I followed him on Twitter actually. Oh no, I was on Instagram. And he said, oh yeah, you know, there's, there's this album coming out called um, Griselda's Ghost mm. with Conway and, and Westside. I'm like, okay, what's this going to be like? I mean, who's this guy? He's, he's just an anonymous blogger. Mm. And the album was all right. I really, really liked it. I mm. thought, Thought Westside sounded a lot like Bronson and Ghostface, yeah. but I got over that pretty quickly. Mm. So I thought, okay, maybe it's just a little thing he's doing. And then over the, that was probably about 2016, yeah. that came out. Yeah. And then, you know, it's little by little, he's bringing out more and more content, more and more material. But 2019 was a real big, big, big year for them. And um, my favourite album of the lot was um, was Benny the Butcher's album, Plugs Am It. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's got a track of Pusher a track of Black Thought really really good album and it's just bringing back an element in hip hop that's been missing a lot of, for a lot of it um, I guess there's been a lot of articles recently about Rock Marciano but aside from him there's not many people talking about that kind of mafioso kind of gully stuff and yeah. Griselda's bringing that back and it's not just um, gangster shit for the sake of it there's actually skill and bars in among it all as well um, he re- Big Ghost released an album a couple of weeks ago called Carpe Noctem, probably yep. in the Latin mm-hmm. term for it there, and it's just like loads and loads of new rappers, and they've all just got skills, and a lot of them didn't even sound like old, but in their 20s, they've still got a kind of, you know, mid-90s New York Tim's element mm-hmm. there, and it's, it's, it's great. Yeah, and I think that's why like it appeals to me anyway, is because it's that side of hip-hop, the side of hip-hop that I like, and I felt that actually, and Cal, you and I spoke about this on, I think, the last pod you were on, which is yeah. that it feels like it's that time again in hip hop where there can be this scene emerge again. Like it can be new, that can be modern, and it can have that modern twist. But it's nice for them to kind of bring that sound back. Yeah? They did um, Jimmy Fallon the other day. Yeah, Westside Gun and Conway. Wow. They did. They were on Jimmy Fallon. Like, and I thought, and I didn't see it. I just saw. I think it was on Instagram or something. And it was, and I thought. What the fuck are they going to perform on <laughs> Jimmy Fallon? Like, what are they going to perform? But they perform something. Um, yeah, no, I I was put onto them by you know he's kind of the gatekeeper of all great rappers, Lloyd Banks. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I feel like we've never, not even just on this pod, any time we've been together, Lloyd Banks has been mentioned like, in our company. It's always there. Carol loves him. He's rubbish. Yeah, no, because he did a track with Conway. Uh, about three, four years ago, and I thought, oh, okay, it's got Lloyd Banks on it. I have to listen to it. Uh, and then I was like, oh, this guy Conway's all right. And then I saw a YouTube freestyle, and you can see his face is a bit. He got shot in the face, didn't yeah. he? And so his face is a little. He can't move, move half of his mouth, Conway. But he does, does this freestyle, and it is proper fucking gully. Yeah. And I was just like, oh, this guy's decent. And then exactly what what T said it was the the big ghost Griselda ghost album and then they've just got, and now uh, Conway signed to Shady Records yeah <laughs> I thought Griselda were yeah I think they all are I think yeah. they're all with Shady Records I don't think they've brought out a major label release and I'm not looking forward to it at all yeah isn't um, just a distribution deal with them or they, they're like tied to them but they can put their own shit because well, Griselda Records is its own thing yeah. so it must be like there's some been, sort of there's been a lot of articles coming out about how 
slaughterhouses handled. Mm-hmm. But I think he learned it from those mistakes by letting them do their own thing and mm-hmm. you know not having his own stamp on it. Yeah. And then obviously, bum, bam, well, bam, 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 he did that. <laughs> he, he did that on the Griselda album, was it? What would WWCD? Yeah, that was it. Yeah, and Eminem's on the track "Bang," as you mentioned earlier. Yeah, yeah. Mentioned early on, but his his fingerprints aren't on too much of the stuff, which is which is a relief. Yeah. But I think hip hop is just so big and vast now that it's not a monolith, and Griselda can have its own little niche within the whole genre. And it's always about the always makes about people say I don't like hip hop, and there's just so many different kinds. There's got to be some element of it that you like, whether it's the jazzier stuff or the instrumentals or the gully stuff or you know MF Doom kind of off the wall kind yeah. of stuff or. Technical, you know, technical yeah. MCs like yeah. um, Tech Nine. There's got to be something there for everyone, and I think within this, Grisola can have their niche. Um, yeah. There was a bar in the in the last time that they go to, they made me laugh. You know, it says kids these days, you know, they're taking drugs. You should be, you should be the one selling the drugs, not taking it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's a bit harsh after Juice World died, but. Yeah. <laughs> but do you know what? That's you could look at that comment in a woke kind of way. It's like you're saying, stop taking drugs. And start making money, yeah. kind of thing, you know, yeah. because and that's the thing that's happening now though, with all the, a lot of these young guys that they're, they're rapping about taking drugs, aren't they? You know, yeah. it's about oh, I took this and Zannies and all this kind of shit. And I kind of get his point. He's being big brother in a lot of ways. Like, stop taking that shit and start fucking selling it, mate. Yeah, you know, I kind of I don't mind that. Yeah, me too. And that's what like I think that's another thing that like marks the difference between the fact that Griselda are bringing that what I would class as like more traditional hip hop sound because. It is a mentality shift, which is like modern hip hop and that kind of like trap sound is more towards the idea of like just having fun. It's a vibe thing. People just getting fucked up and like having fun. And a lot of the songs are about that and that's the tone. Whereas like old hip hop was like, it was kind of bad to be on drugs. It was like seen as a negative thing. It was like you sell it and make money. And then if the rap thing takes off, then you kind of transition into that. And that's why there were so many big drug dealers who became big artists like Fat Joe was a massive drug dealer yeah. um, I think it was like um, AG from Showbiz and AG was massive drug dealer and there's a, a numerous examples whereas now like there are kids who like hear the music and like I want to make amazing music and it's like getting fucked up and that's fine like again it's horses for courses but I just feel like Griselda are bringing that like gritty gully shit back that yeah. I want to hear and love it I, I think it's the rock star element really you know because on a party like a rock star you know, as, a, mm. as the song goes and I guess there's kind of a new element of hip hop, and you know, as ever, there's room, there's, there's room for it all. Um, you can't have all hip hop sounding like the and you can't have every rapper sounding yeah. like Juice World, and 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 there's room for both. I just think, um, I don't know. I think there's a. I think they came up on hip hop took itself a little bit too seriously, and that's probably why the Griselda's sound previously died out because it's like, well. You know, I just want to go to a club and grind on some girls. <laughs> not, 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 not in the Me Too way, but you know, sort of consensual. In a consensual, in consensual. Yeah, it's mutual. Yeah, um, not on a Mister Calvin. Just <laughs> no, no, absolutely not. Um, yeah, no, it's it's absolutely it's absolutely right. And you know, like T said, there's there's room for there's room for everybody to to get in there and and, and do their thing. Another another rapper that's quite gully that I, that you. Uh, you introduced me to T. I don't know if you've listened to this album yet. Nems, and the album's called Gorilla Monsoon. Uh, fuck me, that's savage. 
That is some gully shit. One bar that I cannot get out of my head is I'll fuck your bitch and nut in your urn. <laughs> your urn, like your ashes. I'm just like, I like you. Yeah. Welcome. Welcome. That's the nicest thing everyone's, anyone's ever seen. Yeah, come round to my house, have some tea with sugar and quiche. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, I was just like, fuck me. And every time I listen to it, and then there's another track where he just says, your SoundCloud is garbage. Your Instagram is garbage. And that's the song. I was like, fuck, I like you. I don't know why, but I do. There's, there's not much, there's, it's not polished at all, but I quite like it. Yeah, yeah, I've got, yeah sorry to go. Listen, the beauty of the sound is that it shows that that sound can make it and be credible and yeah. can cross over and have appeal. I think a lot of time there are people who have that sound just were getting nowhere and um, I don't think there's any, they can't complain, I don't know what I'm saying they, but people who make that kind of music and haven't really made it through can't complain that because there's a market for it and it's been created by, as I said, Rock Marshall, I know, the early 2010s did um, Marsberg and Reloaded and they did well on a level but now you've got Griselda who are kind of on the Jimmy Fallon show and They've got big backing, so it shows. I think it's be- I think it's a beautiful thing. There's room for that kind of hip hop, and there's a market for it, and people want to hear it. Yeah, we always talk about. We always <coughs> spoke in the past about like Apollo Brown and yeah. his music, and guys like him that make music, but it all kind of sounds the same. Yeah. It's all kind of one pace. It's cool when it's good, and you put it on in the whip, and it sounds good. But it's like it's about the way it's presented, like we were talking about with Stormzy earlier on, about how music's presented to you. And we all, you know, at the start of this segment, we were doing the gun noises and stuff. Yeah. And that's a way of making the music accessible to people and makes it stand out. Like you said, you were mumbling Griselda in the middle of the night, <laughs> yeah. you know, because it makes it different. It makes it stand out. Uh, another another rapper that's as kind of prolific as them, Currency. Mm. He makes so much music, and he does that that thing where he'll he'll say that same thing again and again and again, and it is it just gets it stuck in your nut. It's like Harry Ford mm. for a good two years. And music had to Harry Ford. Yeah, it just just gets in your head. Maybach music with the, yeah. the Australian girl. Like there's so we got much London on this track. Yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. what you're hearing now. The yeah. thing is, it's like. I always think it's a bit of a balance and there's like the kind of the symptoms and then the, the causes and sometimes like those two things are different sometimes they're the same and like I think T's absolutely spot on it was like hip hop got to a point where it was like taking itself too seriously like even for like the commercial market it was like people just putting out stuff that was a little bit too like too serious mm. uh, like so Eminem for example was like uh, Toy Soldiers was like his like friend getting shot and stuff but it was like kind of in the chart and I think people just got a little bit like where do I like when do I listen to this like there's not so then out of that came a lot of music that was just for the club and hip hop <coughs> moved from kind of street shit to club and parties and having fun and I think now as a result of that people have a bit of an appetite for something a little bit different so Griselda and in fact a lot of artists it's so much about timing and they've like taken their shot at exactly the right time and then you factor that in with like great beats great lyricism they've got characters and again we spoke about like wrestlers before mm. and like hip hop for me what made it great was the characters as soon as you hear someone's voice you know what they're about their flow's different cadence is different and I, I feel like a lot of modern hip hop doesn't have that there's a lot of similar flows a lot of similar voices hard to distinguish and I think what Griselda are bringing back is like that group mentality like the Wu-Tangs um, and even kind of like uh, in recent years um, like Wolfgang like that kind of group mentality. I think like hip hop is really exciting when those sort of things happen. I think Griselda have got that buzz now. 
which makes it. I remember that. I remember good. when I was teaching first came on the scene, yeah. and there was so much said about it because Tyler would just say something mad shit. shit. And you know, you got ten years on. Must be about ten years since I first kind of came on the scene, and Tyler's in twenty ten. He's been one of the better artists. Yeah. So he's yeah. not. As I said, he's, a bit like, he's not going to battle anyone. He's not going to go bar for bar of anyone. But the music he's creating is yeah. really, really loved, nicely done. Yeah, and an old sweatshirt for like the backpack kind of like side of hip hop. Like yeah. he's really well revered. And like, as a as a group, and there's you know fringe artists like Frank Ocean came, yeah. kind of came out of that scene. Even the internet, kind of yeah, exactly, yeah, exactly. Sid, like she's <clears> like kind of doing her own thing as well. Now. Mm. So I think that those type of acts that kind of break the mold, but kind of bring something new that's kind of an old sound but back into the game I think that's what pushes hip hop forward and like those kind of artists that go off and do their separate things that's what kind of pushes it forward and sometimes it is a step back to go forward and I think like uh, Odd Future brought a lot of Wu-Tang like style to what they did so different but well, that true. essence and I feel like Griselda are doing a kind of really similar thing um, I just that's a sort of an interlude <laughs> on, um, on Odd Future I'm a bit of a big of Cal I've not promoted okay. domestic abuse at all. For <laughs> <laughs> Why are you putting this on me? But <laughs> <laughs> well, basically, there's an interlude where, where a girl dares a guy to, to slap her. Right. It's a yeah, bitch, you're going to slap me. You're going you to slap me. And then all of a sudden, she said, You hit me. I need this. It's, it's like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just, the thing was, Odd Future was so fucked up. It was just so in light of what they did. Yeah. yeah. And it's just like, so they're just so wrong they were yeah. I, I knew Tyler was a winner when he said about having sex with a triceratops yeah. I was like I like you I like you I went to see them so we basically my mate uh, Carl um, big up MC Ruff he, uh, he recommends me all the time like stuff to listen to and um, he was like mate I've like, started listening to this or future like, I know you're not really into a lot of like, modern hip hop this was at the time like, but these guys are great very Wu-Tang vibes like, just give it a listen so I listened to a few stuff I listened to like, the um, title like Yonkers and stuff like that yeah, yeah. and I was like fuck this is hard like, yeah. this is fucking nasty and savage yeah. it makes me want to scrape my face this it's is a great track so like, we blasted like early um, Wolfgang stuff and then uh, we had the opportunity to go and see him in Manchester so I was like yeah fuck yeah let, let's go <laughs> to it we rock up there this, we must have been like 28, 29 this was a few years ago Everyone in there was like 17, 18. Oh, yeah, and it, it was fucking... I just, it never crossed my mind. It never crossed my mind at any point. And as soon as we got there, I was like, this is so embarrassing. And like we were just standing at the back, like like late 20s, early 30s, and everyone else was just getting fucked up, pouring shit everywhere. Uh, Tyler broke his leg, so he was in a cast, and he was just fucking jumping around. It was one of the most mental uh, gigs we were into. Um, but yeah I just always like look back fondly and just think fucking hell I'm really, I'm really out of place but it was great that's how I feel all the bloody time now I'm <laughs> used to it yeah but you and Cool Hurt just like go to any shows yeah. and people yeah, show you go to the noticed what, yeah. what, what about when we went to fucking R.A. the Rugged Man that was scary there was what? a mosh pit oh there? god yeah, yeah. Were, and then in the last song he did it was a really good gig he's mm-hmm. really good live R.A. the Rugged Man yeah, yeah. really good rapper new album that seems to be yeah, yeah yeah he's really good really good live and I and then so he does the thing and the gig is proper moshy like yeah. there's they're shoving each other and all the, all the standard kind of mosh shit I was like fuck me it's me and T right at the back yeah. <laughs> like right at the back we're gonna fucking staying out of this staying out of this you know not not warm <laughs> fighting boots that, that was the real reason yeah. we hadn't worn our tims we, we was in our work wear. yeah no and and then it gets to the last track and he goes alright this is the last track now guys I want you to go for it 
push each other, punch each other, stab each other. <laughs> I was just like, what the fuck? I was like, teacher, we go. It was just fucking mental, but he, he's good. He's good. Like, yeah, I like yeah. R.A. Ragged Man. The first time I ever heard him was on uh, Raucous Records. Right. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. one or two. Yeah. Um, it's that um, Alchemist beat, The King. Right, and he just goes fucking like proper. Mm. Every guest verse he does is just ridiculous. Man. Mm. I don't know if you know much about the demigods, so it's like apathy mm. and mm. Buckwild and all that. Billy Paz and all that. Yeah, yeah. and the chap in there called Captain Caveman. Listening to this, go listen, Captain Caveman demigods. Yeah, gods ending of a Z, and check out um, R.A. the Rugged Man's verse. Yeah, it's just disgusting. Yeah, it's like you just screw up your face like, oh my god. Mm. <laughs> The thing is, I'll skip it. I'll just go to one minute thirty of the song, play his verse, mm. go back, play it again. Yeah. You know what else is like that? Um, the Jizz's verse on um, that song with Rhapsody. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Two minutes twenty. I don't know exactly who it is. In that right, song. right, right. You know, he's the liquid swords. I think Queen Latifah though, man. That verse that's on a good Ra- verse. Rhapsody's album. That's the best. That album's really good. If we're about to move on to last year and talking about twenty nineteen. That was my favourite verse of 2019. Queen Latifah's guest verse on Rhapsody's album. I can't remember what the track's called. It's from the teaser for me. Yeah, it was <laughs> such a good... Because when you ever hear Queen Latifah rap, yeah. she's out there being a queen. Like, yeah. she's doing movies, she's doing TV, she's doing all this stuff. You never hear her on a rap album. And you, you'd think for her to come back and do a verse, she'd do it. Perhaps someone a little bit more commercial than mm. Rhapsody. Rhapsody's quite well known. She was yeah. part of that Netflix documentary, wasn't she? She, yeah, she yeah. did one of those... But she's not proper, proper commercial. But she, she, her album this year, Rhapsody's album, is one of my favourite albums. And, uh, I didn't like it at first, then I revisited it, and it's really good. Yeah, it is. It is really, really good. I like the song Aaliyah. That's a really, really good song on the on the Rhapsody album. But Queen Latifah, oh my God, she goes in and just bodies it. Great verse, such a good this verse. This is what this is what hip hop legends should be doing. Just fucking wait and pick a verse on an album. Once every three or four years. Because then people will talk about it like this. If you start fucking doing, saturating it with your own stuff and jumping on every fucking thing, no one cares. Like, now, if, like, I don't know, Griselda, they do a new album, or Benny the Butcher does an album, and Rakim's doing it first, I will fucking lose my mind, and I'll be like, wow, I want to listen to that. Mm. If he was still releasing albums now, as much as I love him, I'd be a bit like, mm, I can get this all the time. But they need to play, stay in the lane, basically. Part of the issue is that Eminem produces his own stuff. Yeah. These guys, these guys are your name and don't make their own music yeah, so true. they I mean LL Cool J's announced doing an album as Q-Tip so that'll probably be out this year that is really point. interesting now that's great now that I'm into LL Cool J's a bit of a hip-hop blind spot for me I like, I, he's a great MC but I've never been in love with him mm. as a rapper never done listen to a song called Backseat um, for all the um, connoisseurs out there Monica's first hit sampled that beat and don't take it personal and the lyrics in that are so basic. Mm. Yeah. I think to my missus, she's just like, what the fuck is this? A lot of the old school rappers are like that, though. Yeah. A lot of these guys, like you know... Only teenager making a rap song. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You'll watch, like, these documentaries, like the DVDs, like Art of the MC, the, mm. all of these things, and people go, yeah, Big Daddy Kane was the fucking best MC. No, he wasn't. Like, yes, he was cool for, like, 1986, but now he would sound really fucking basic, just yeah. like LL Cool J does. LL Cool J never topped Ill Bomb. He made Ill Bomb and that was it. He never topped it. It was That was fucking amazing. What I find weird about LL Cool J is, so I kind of like, yeah, grew up in the era where he was just doing like R&B crossover yeah, songs. Yeah, doing it. Yeah, exactly. Doing it, which I, I love that record and Love You Better and tracks like that. Really I love that. Exactly. Yeah. Which were great and I like that. But then 
as I like started to like really like learn about him a bit more, it's like he is really well respected by a lot of great MCs. Like, oh, he was he's fucking like hard. He's really hard. And then obviously you go through his kind of like battle catalogue where he's like having like battle disses with cannabis <clears throat> ongoing runs, and he's fucking going in on people like yeah. savage. But you're right, see, like he is a blind spot for me as well. I've never listened to like an LL album. It's not anyone that I would ever think of when I'm listing like the greats. But like you have to sometimes look at people's like their peer group and how well they're respected. He's like a holding midfielder in football terms that you you kind of forget about. Yeah, or like that's perfect because everyone yeah. talks about him as one of the best ever. Yeah, but to be fair, look, Jay did um four three two one. Yeah, which is which is what spawned the cannabis um, beef in the first place. Yeah. Um, he played did, dirty on that one though, didn't he? Yeah, did our shot yeah, which is yeah. another yeah. song. Yeah, so he he's, it's all right in that way, but. As I said, I almost feel like I mean, it's not. I wouldn't say it's as bad as um, Run DMC and Beasties, where I just don't get it. Yeah, but um, Ello was a bit of a was a bit of a blind spot. I like the Goat album. I think he termed the, the he created the term Goat. It was a in, in public lexicon, yeah. Yeah, he put that into the yeah like teaser into the public lexicon kind of thing. The term Goat, which yeah. we all now use. Yeah. Um, that I quite like that. Album. I quite like that. The intro yeah. track's really good. He's like he's one of them. Is that I would not search it out, but if I would never di- like disrespect him, I kind of respect his legacy. He's one of them as well. Like he kind of he still puts out the odd project, but he has kind of stopped being active. Yeah, and he's still like picking things, which is what a lot of legends should do. Just play your role. It depends on what else has got going on. The teeth for an old career actors, and you know, got credible careers of actors. Same with them, common to a degree. Yeah, acting as well. Eminem doesn't have that other outlet that keeps him out there and keeps him relevant. So yeah, the only true. way Eminem stays relevant is by rapping. Yeah. Even Jay Z's yeah. got a whole philanthropy thing going on. Yeah. yeah, doesn't need to rap. Yeah, that's true. You you've got a point there. That's Eminem was always called himself an MC's MC. That's yeah. what he is. He's a rapper to his guts. And I do. Do you know what? I do like that. I like the fact that he is so in love with hip hop as an art form, and he's like almost to a certain extent where he's a bit like it doesn't really matter about anything else. I just want to do this. I love it so much. Um, but there is a time when you do need to kind of go into the boardroom or, or step up and, and become that mogul. So on that note, we're going to have a quick break, and we're going to talk about another mogul. P. Diddy, uh, aka Pedo Diddy, hey. aka Big Daddy Nance. Um, so we are going to have a quick break and then we'll be back. Oh, amazing. Right, when I say uh, the name Sean Diddy Coombs, Cal, what's the first thing you think of? Go. T? Tate Deck. Tate Deck? That's what it's a isn't it? What? Tate Deck, Tate Deck, Tate Deck. Ah. I just think of. This is the remix. That's all I think of every time. Uh, I had that remix, the Bad Boy remix album, yeah. and I fucking rinsed it. Um, special delivery remix, yeah. uh, all the Biggie like track, and I loved it. Uh, and it just always reminds me of that. These days, though, he's taking a more seedy route. Mm. Sean Seedy Coombs, yeah, yeah, <laughs> Pedo Diddy, <laughs> like Puff. I'm your daddy. Puff Danger. Puff Danger. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's Puff Danger. Um, yeah, he's um, recently, he's been, I mean, not too recently, he's, they're kind of broken up now, but he's been kind of attached to a young lady called Laurie Harvey, who is the stepdaughter of uh, TV host Steve Harvey. Yes. She's 22, I believe. Um, Puffy is how old? 50. 50. 50. So she's 22. I mean, she's born in 1997, give or take. Fuck. 
So Everyone around this table remembers 99. So she was born after Biggie died. <laughs> so basically, she was born and his career began. Right. When Biggie was alive, he didn't have a career. He was like nearly 30 then, wasn't he? He was like 28 or something. Yeah, man, man was out there raving with, you know, with Jennifer Lopez when she was yeah. popping out of her mum. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you got to kind of think it in that, those elements. Yeah. He was popping off guns and then paying off his bouncer to take the, take the yeah, flak when exactly. she was just falling out of her mum's fan. Yeah, <laughs> she just, she was like going goo goo gaga and he was murdering Tupac Shakur. Yeah, he was like, out plotting deaths. Yeah. It's going to be someone's litigation at this point. Yeah. I'm just going to, at the end of it, just go, allegedly to everything. Yeah. It's redacted. Yeah. Redacted. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, so I mean, look, there's been um, there's been a lot in his history about like sort of younger women, not like Leonardo DiCaprio levels, where like they've got to be a certain age, like younger than him. But he's got a bit of a record for this, isn't he? Because when he started dating Cassie, she was young. Like yeah. he's like he's, he's had a lot of relationships with young girls, and um, obviously we've got all this shit with R. Kelly going on, and we're kind of living an era now where people take a bit more notice about this sort of stuff. Um, so what do we reckon? Like, is this is this a is this all right, or is this a bit shit from Puff? It's a bit sinister. It's a bit sinister. I mean, Cassie was almost twenty years younger than him, and Laurie Harvey almost thirty years younger than him. It's just, but hip hop seems to be almost immune from these mm. sort of things. Um, you know, given the content of the music, where there's you know misogyny and homophobia, it is kind of like they've got to have a new model they can't have a woman who's their age it just wouldn't, wouldn't fit his image that's probably how he feels about it so I think it wouldn't be I mean obviously it'd still be bad but the fact she used to date his son yeah that's proper messed up isn't it so you're stirring your son's porridge mm, <laughs> it's yeah. misogynistic I'm so sorry yeah. but that's essentially what he's doing there yeah it's like you ever seen that film Step Brothers yeah. Yes. <laughs> but it's the other way around. She had the old ball, now she wants the young calf. And she goes about a wiener. But it's the other way around. It's like she's had the young the young calf and now she wants the old ball kind yeah. of thing. I've I very much live by the rule of any more than ten years difference and you're a nonce. And that that's I'm not going back on that rule really. You are an absolute danger if you get out with someone yeah, anyone listening to this, you're a danger. The thing, um, is, the thing is, right, is look I think on a on a kind of natural level, like you can look at a girl of her age as a forty nine year old man, fifty year old man, and be like, "Well, she's clearly an attractive girl." But to decide to get into a relationship with someone, knowing that full well that you're not really going to have anything in common, you are doing that for nefarious reasons. You're, you're not doing like to say that he can't look at younger girls and be like, "Fucking hell, they're absolutely stunning." Yeah. It's mental. Of course, of course, he is. Like yeah. I know I'll be when I'm like seventy and in my nursing home, and like I'm getting. Like pissing into a fucking bag and like yeah. having like need help yeah. having a shit and there's a, a like a good looking nurse. I'll still think she's fit, yeah. but obviously I won't be able to kind of crack on and yeah. I, I wouldn't crack on if it was available because I'd be too no, old. No. And I mean, that's the issue for me. That's how I feel like when I watch Love Island. I mean, this year's better time to fit us, to be fair. Yeah. I'm not going to bit of a start slagging off women. <laughs> it's just out of order. But last year, um, the lady who won it was, um, was Amber, and oh, she yeah. was 20 last year. And, and I thought, she's a really attractive girl, but never in a million years did I think, yeah, I'm going to pull a 20 year old yeah. girl. It's just like, just ew. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah so when is he born? 1999. Yeah, I was in the middle of my degree back then, yeah. <laughs> 
Fucking hell. To be fair though. You can cultural references, right? Yeah, well that's the yeah. thing. I think it, for me personally, it's like, so on that example, that Amber, so she is like 14 years younger than me, which yeah. I've never thought about until now. Yeah. And I, all the way through, was like, yes, if that was available, I'd be into it. Yeah. Um, but a relationship, like, I mean, there's both, it's gross, obviously, the sex, but that's one thing. But to be in essentially a relationship, it's like cultural references, it's like mm. TV shows, it's music, it's literally everything you would have in common. So you are literally doing it to kind of just, I think it's a, like an ego trip, personally. Yeah. Yeah, to make so feel better. Yeah. The only thing I'd qualify that with about the ten years and that is Laurie Harvey is a fucking worldie. Yeah, she's a rocker. <laughs> and as is Cassie. Yeah. Like they are both absolute worldies. And so The fitter they are, the more fine it is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It does kind of makes it a little bit fine. But yeah. He's, yeah. A, he's a good pedo, not a bad one. Yeah, yeah, it's just like he's not a bad nonce. Yeah, yeah, part of you's just like mm, fair play, mate, fuck me. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it's one of those. I think we um, there's a, definitely an issue of kind of looking at it through the kind of spectacle of, well, you're P. Diddy, so therefore you shouldn't be doing this. There's probably loads of people who are like 50 going out with like someone in their 20s. Yeah. And we might see them in the street and just kind of think, oh, maybe she's a bit like young for you, but we don't like go mad about her calling her fucking nonce. We probably do like... To be fair, I, I just think it's a, it must be a gloss. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, some young girls are into older yeah. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah I mean I think basically we, we can't make a, a definite decision on whether or not P. Diddy is a nonce yeah, um, VAR is still going to call that one yeah exactly it's, it's out for debate still but we thought it would be um, something funny to talk about so um, let's get into some listener questions because we've had a couple of good ones this week um, so we had <coughs> at the amazing emote asks us um Discuss the new wave of MCs to check out this year. So, Carol, you mentioned this Nems. Nems. Yeah. So is that your recommendation? That is my recommendation. Grill a monsoon. Get Bam. it now. That, that is just. Yeah, it, it, like I said, it was just. It's one of those albums. It's just. Some of the, the raps on it are just so gully and so <clears throat> savage. Um, I'm just flicking through my phone now just to, yeah. just to see what's, what's just come out in the last couple of weeks, really. Um, that's about it I've, I've not listened to The Professionals yet I've heard that's quite good you heard that T didn't you it didn't hit you know it didn't it's hit it's one of those ones I look good on paper you said oh no and Mad Lib yeah. I'm going to go with Nems I'm going to go with Nems that was that was probably my pick of, mm. to listen to this year in terms yeah. of new school MC it's difficult because it's, it's like when Kendrick Lamar first came out with Good Kid Mad City he'd had like four or five mixtapes under yeah. his belt so is he a new artist or not um, this bloke Ad 2 who mm. I've been going on about He's had mixtapes for the last seven, eight years. Mm-hmm. But this album is his breakthrough album. But I recommend going back through his stuff. A lot of hip-hop out of Chicago is just what I recommend. So, mm-hmm. like Mick Jenkins, um, you know, the Pivot Gang. So you've got Sabah, Smino, Joseph Chilliams. Chance is kind of a part of them. I never did get on with Chance. No, I, I can't know. Didn't quite get it. So there's him, obviously Griselda, as I mentioned earlier. Anything done by them. Yeah. The Griselda album I'd recommend would be... Um, plugs I met by um, Benny the, Bo- Benny yeah, the Butcher. Sure, yeah. um, again, um, Freddie Gibbs ain't new, but his album last year, Pinyat, well, Bandana, sorry, yeah. was an album I'd recommend highly. Mm. Uh, just looking for some more names. Yeah. Um, Little Sims from the UK, actually. Yeah. Her album was really good. She was on Top Boy as well, but her album was, was great. Definitely recommend yeah. that. Pivot Gang was one of my favourite albums last year. You can't sit with us. That was one of my favourite albums of the whole of last year. So so many good so many good tracks from that. 
Um, the Alchemist Action Bronson album was really good last year. Return to form for Action Bronson because yeah. when he first came out, I really loved him, and then I didn't get under Mister Wonderful. Mm. What, what did you think? No. You ever, you've never a fan of him all. I liked him, and then there was this weird stage where it was like uh, Ghostface was like him, <laughs> him and Ghostface were beefing. And I was like, right now, I just hate him. Yeah. Yeah. Immediately, I'll just pick a side and I'll just go for Ghostface. But my understanding is that that's all been squashed, and yeah, um, yeah. yeah, it's all, all fine now. So yeah, I actually watched that. Um, like fuck that's delicious with him a few times and yeah. like hearing him talk about it, like his love for hip hop and, and the music and stuff and obviously his relationship with Alchemist is I love Alchemist so it's kind of like yeah okay I can get on board with him so yeah I quite like him I didn't I didn't like that album um, but yeah I, I kind of I like him so yeah I mean um, kind of, it's hard to say new new artists is difficult but albums I'd recommend if you're on the, into the underground would be Rock Marciano um, the albums would be Reloaded, Marsberg, and the last time he did Marcia Lago. Yeah, that's mm. a good album. Um, Black Milk's kind of been in a bit of a very odd run. So Black Milk's from Detroit. Did an album called Fuck, I forgot what it's called. I think it's called Fever. Was the last album he did. But I'd say from probably Tronic to If There's a Hell Below, that run of albums. Mm. Check those out. You know, he's a very very good producer. He produced a track on a Mick Jenkins album actually called um, Carefree. And that album is out in 2020, so that's, yeah. a, that's a new album. There is this group called Diamond District, ah. and um, produced by Odyssey, who's another very good MC. Yeah. And one of the rappers in the group was called Uptown XO. And um, he's got an album which came out this year, 2020. Yeah. What's the title? Something Over Corporate. Uh, Culture Over Corporate. Yeah. Give that album a listen. Strongly yeah. recommend that. Any more from you, Gal? Nah, that's about it, really. Yeah, that's about it. The T's pretty much covered it, really. We've both been listening to fairly similar stuff lately. Smashing through some some good shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you know, a lot of the time, I just tend to just listen to random shit. To be honest, just random stuff that's on the playlist. Something I, re- you know, just I just want to kind of. Um, lately, two tracks that I've been absolutely rinsing is the Rolson Moore remix yeah, Lucky Day Lucky Day who made the best album of last year it was an <laughs> R&B album but it was the best album of last year um, but the remix is, is with um, Ty Dolla Sign and Wale I've been rinsing that and I've been rinsing um, just to make up for my fucking rant about Kanye West last time is the Sunday Service Choir Father Stretch um, oh, song mine, yeah. fuck me that is a, makes that me fuck the first time I heard it I'm not ashamed to say it made me well up like that is it's beautiful music yeah. like just listening to it it's absolutely amazing and I listen to it every morning as I'm walking down the road well, to the office it's amazing tell you what Kanye is Latin Ibrahimovic that's it that's what I, <laughs> I had Latin in my head that's you know, yeah, yeah, that's that's Kanye because because he obviously he's a genius but he's a bit of a parody now yeah yeah. yeah and he, he like does weird stuff like talks in the third person yeah, and that yeah. Zlatan that's a great show Zlatan is Kanye West um, I'm only going to just do one uh, he's not new either he's been around for a million years um, but he's got new material coming out which is Genesis Elijah who did the streets album he's got yeah. a new project coming out um, with some really exciting features on there uh, he's also been working with our very own Tony D oh, nice. um, and I don't know if Tony's going to be on this new project but they have got a track in the works so hopefully that'll be out so yeah it's, um, I think it's just called uh, Vision uh, Genesis Elijah so yeah check his stuff out um, okay uh, MF Gloom aka at Pontification asks us Rappers that you like in terms of their philosophy, ethos, or personality, but you just cannot get into their music. Um, 
I'll start because we have this conversation all the time. Red Man. He's got a new song out, have you heard? No, you sent me the video. I just. So I like him. He embodies everything about hip hop that I like. Mm-hmm. I think he's really cool. Every time I see him in an interview, I'm like, what a wicked guy. One of the best MTV cribs of all time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I just can't get into his music. And like we have this conversation all the time. But I just can't get into him. So yeah, he, he would be mine, Red Man, which is mental, I know. But I guess all these answers are crazy. Um, Killer Mike a little bit. Yeah, right. Um, I don't mind Run the Jewels, but his music doesn't always hit with me. Hit me that way. Um, I think of some others. I mean, LL Cool J is another one. Mm. Um, I don't think of some more. It's tough, you know. It's a yeah. tough question because it's like the things that you like about them, but just not the music. Because there's loads of people, and there's footballers like it as well. You like a footballer, place for another club, but you yeah. just ultimately don't give a shit. About yeah, it's tough. It's actually a really, really tough question. Ch- Chance the rapper, Kid Chance Cuddy the rapper, yeah. Are two people who I like, but I don't love their music. Kid yeah. Cudi did an album. I think it's the second album he did. Uh, he's got a CeeLo track and a Mary J track. Didn't get on. Don't go on with him. Yeah. I've forgotten a name. It's let my head and it's gonna fucking annoy me. I think I said this one before. Was it Chance? Might have been Chance. Yeah, yeah, Chance. I don't. I don't. I don't yeah. get it. J Cole. Yeah, I like one. J Cole. He seems like a nice, nice enough guy. Um, yeah, he seems cool. But and I like he did um, he he did uh, a song that I really quite like. I can't remember what it's called. And he did his own version of uh, the Kanye track. Um, fuck, fuck. What's the end, the end of College Dropout? Yeah, that was last call. Last, last call. He did his own version of that. Logic did his own version of that as well. And that was but, fuck me. Oh, that was bad. That was bad. Um, <laughs> yeah, J Cole. Like he's. Like he came to, comes across quite well, seems yeah. quite cool, but he's never done it for me. So this is why uh, hip hop, especially, is is perfect, right? Because J Cole is literally the like he would be who I consider now to be the best rapper in the world right now. Right. That's who I think is the best. He makes the best music. He has the best bars. He has a uh, a way about him. He still embodies what is real about hip hop. So look, I'm not saying like no, it's right, fine, right. I'm just saying that's what I think is so great about it, is that we can have like two completely different views on something. a lot of talking boxing the last ten years fighter of the decade a lot of talking about lot of talk, who's the rapper of the decade it's got to be between Kendrick and Cole isn't it it has to be between Kendrick and Cole but yeah. I think damn was a very bad way to win the decade for him <laughs> um, on a personal level um, I see the Freddie Gibbs what Marciano Black Milk or Blue yeah. and um, mm. I think it may oh fuck who could it be I think it might I think it might have to just be Rock Marshall off the top of my head right now but then yeah. but then Gibbs did um, Bandana and Pinata, which are two of the best yeah. albums of the decade so yeah. but I don't know Gibbs isn't in terms of pure MC he's not one of my favourite MCs yeah. but he just makes really good projects yeah I'd say Gibbs I agree with that I think that's a really good like assessment of him is that that sort of collaboration with him and Madlib just yeah. really works. Yeah. It's not that he's amazing, but it is a really good, like he fits really nicely on, on Madlib stuff. So, so yeah, it's yeah. kind of a nice uh, collaboration. Um, one more. Shy Town Spurs asks, what's the best hip hop song to do with a group at karaoke? I kind of go off. I'm alright with this. Go I on. made, I've, I always make a point of never doing hip hop for karaoke because I think <laughs> yeah. it's fucking naff. Yeah. Because um, you rap the lyrics anyway. You know, I'm someone I'd rather just do like an old Small Faces or a Kink song, you know. Um, I think I did Lazy Sunday, you know, by, by Small Faces or um, 
or Part Life by, by Blur. You know, those, those are a bit more fun. But if I had to pick a hip-hop song, it, the one I'm thinking of right now is Lex Coops, Beavers and the Benz by Lost Boys. Because mm. me and my mates don't want to verse to it, you know. Ah, okay. So, yeah. And that's what you want, yeah, because it's like the idea of doing it in a group. So it's like you need a couple of people to play. And the thing with Lost Boys songs is that you've got, um, I think it's Spig Nice, who just does the background. Yeah. You know... Now, Free Guitar is the one who got shot. He's the shot yes. He's the one who does, does all the... Uh, <laughs> like, that in the background while I'm happy to, yeah, probably be, be a Lost Boys track. Oh, you can. Um, I've got two answers. One's really bad, really controversial. The other one is just amusing. Uh, so I think I'd probably just... Because I think with hip-hop karaoke, I, I imagine... You're on a stage, and I imagine it'd just be loads of middle-class white women there drinking rosé and, <laughs> and eating mini beef Wellingtons. Yeah. And so I think, okay, let's do Wu Tang Clan, bring the motherfucking ruckus, and then after the song, smash the place up. Yeah. <laughs> just throw chairs everywhere and just smash the place to bits. So they never want to listen to hip hop again. Yeah. And then the other one would be um, if you're for zagging by N.W.A. and we'd rap every N-word. <laughs> 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 It'd be me and my four brothers. <laughs> Deadpan, straight face. So to be fair, right, you've just reminded me of this. So I've done a hip-hop uh, track at karaoke when, when pissed up. Right. But it was a, like a hip-hop karaoke night, so it's a little bit different. But we were like, we were boozed up, went to this place, it was packed. Yeah. And um, so I was like, fuck it, I'll do Juicy. I don't need the words, I'm out of my heart. Yeah. So obviously you get to the end of the first verse and in my mind I know that the word is coming up and yeah. I'm like, well, obviously I'm not going to say it because that would be fucking mental. But I feel the whole room <laughs> just go, what are you going to fucking say, white boy? Yeah. And it gets to the end. It gets to the end it's like, no, you don't know. stand there with a nightstick just in, <laughs> whacking it into But honestly, it was literally like, everyone's yeah. chatting away and then I just see, I feel everyone just go, what are you going to say now? And so it gets to the end and it's like, if you don't know, now you know. And I really went in on brother, right? <laughs> Two blokes stood up and clapped. <laughs> and I was like, yes, I've completely lied. I was like, I've nailed that. And um, yeah, it was like my entire, it's like the whole thing just slowed down. And I was like, you've got two ways this goes. Your life ends tonight <laughs> or you carry on lovely life. It's funny you um, said because on an Instagram story, someone had the girl wrapping that in the back uh, of a cab. Yeah. And she said the word. And I've, I just took a deep breath and let it go. Yeah. I thought, I thought I could, e- I could either get involved with oh, the guys and look you can't have a saying that man. Yeah. that's just wrong what if I screen recorded it and put it to all my followers on Twitter so look what this guy's posted yeah. but you know it's like that old meme you don't have to react to everything you see yeah. and I don't think there's anything sinister in it but no, yeah. you just really really got to be careful I mean the n-word has a complicated history yeah. um, one thing I don't get is black British people using it because there's no history of the yeah. word here. it's yeah. like there's a copy in America and I think there's a footballer yeah. Belgian either Belgian or Dutch either Witzel or Van der Real right. who had um, the realest N-word alive in his wow. Instagram bio I'm like what the hell wowzers wow. he just heard it somewhere. that's true actually like it, it always really jars me when I hear like uh, English artists use it because when you hear it in the English accent yeah. you associate it with used in the racist like, yeah, yeah, vernacular yeah, yeah. Whereas with American, like you associate with with hip hop, you, yeah, you yeah. don't really think about. It. So when it, it's so jarring when you hear it in an English accent, even if it's essentially in the same tone towards yeah. each other as a friendly thing, it always like I, it perked my ear up. I'm like, whoa, whoa, and then I'm like, oh, okay, yeah. it's, they're just two people having a conversation. Yeah. But I agree with you, T. It's weird that it's 
part become it's actually becoming more and more part of UK music yeah. culture. And that's that's the thing. We've got this kind of um, oh, what the fuck's the word? Homogenous culture mm. in, in the whole world, and it's all taking its cue from America. And um, I guess it just is what it is. There's words yeah. that I use that are essentially American words yeah. in everyday conversation, and with the films, mm. with the music, just with general culture. There's just so much of it comes from there, and just got to take it on the chin yeah, yeah it's true well boys that has been our Notorious P.O.D first one of the year been a fucking blinder of course mate of course mate fucking loved it so we're going to um, we'll do more of these we're going to do um, these record label specials that I've been saying we're going to do for about 600 years this is a mini Griselda one so there's your first one. yeah exactly <laughs> exactly but we're going to do uh, Bad Boy Records we're going to do all the major record labels in hip hop um, do some other shit so you boys going to be back hopefully which will be good hell yeah um, so if um, people want to follow you where can they find you see um, Instagram and Twitter as Thelonious Fourth. Thelonious, like a jazz musician, and Fourth as in Dutty. Oh, I thought you were going to say Fifth like your mother. <laughs> <laughs> and Cal, where can people find you, mate? Absolutely everything is at BC The Grand Slam. Um, yeah, that's absolutely everything. Yeah, you are literally like properly branded up on all platforms. Yeah, man. Nice. I just, think that's it's, it be. just be yeah. consistent, man. Just be consistent. Yeah. And if you've heard um, some boxing uh, chat, that's because uh, both these gentlemen are on the Below the Belt podcast, which is one of the best boxing podcasts you can listen to. We'll we'll try. There's going to be some big shit this year, man. I'm going to go clear. So clear, I've not done a podcast in a month. Oh, shit. Because there's been no fights. <laughs> there's been like nothing on. Like yeah. January's been so dead. But we was, you know, we was really quite proud because last year we were really consistent. Yeah. Every couple of weeks, you know, two, three weeks. When we first started, we was associated with Boxing Monthly, so we we, we were kind of monthly, weren't yeah, we? Yeah. But last year, 2019, was like every fortnight, sometimes even once a week, three weeks. And hopefully, once fights actually get going again, we'll yeah. fucking be able to have some stuff to talk about. Maybe we'll just do some random ones. I don't know, top five months boxes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Boxes that are like rappers. You yeah. Just like re-engineer this way around of doing it. Yeah. Yeah, boxer sense. that you watch on TV and think I can have you yeah, yeah. that's good that is but it's got to be above 160 otherwise it'd just be like a bunch of flyweights yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. I can have a new A but nah, it's yeah it'd be something like 160 yeah. that's what's so bad though isn't it when you watch like, when you watch boxers and they like get considered to be shit and mm-hmm. so you fucking hell I could beat him up <laughs> you know, no you couldn't <laughs> <laughs> do you know what that one of my favourite parts of doing Below the Belt for, in the last three four years has been one whenever there's a, a big card on in the UK or in America, I'll sit there and I'll tweet kind of what's going on, and uh, T. I think T might be remembering what I'm about to say. And there was the, it was a there was a fighter called Jack Catrall who's kind of a contender. He's on the cusp of a world title, and he was fighting this guy that was an absolute pudding. And I, and I, I was watching it. And they, they both weigh ten stone, so light welterweight. Uh, and I tweeted. Fuck me, this geezer's bad. I could have him. <laughs> Someone created an account with, with this boxer's name oh and said, "Fucking come on, then, Rogers, have it." Kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> it was one of the best fucking things. It's one of my favourite moments of below the belt. Someone just said, "Fucking come on, then, you muggers, have it outside." In that person's name, yeah, fucking best thing ever. I loved it. Love Thank you show. so much. That's the thing, you do boxing and hip hop, they've both got that like, no chill whatsoever. Yeah. 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 The, like, Twitter space is absolute death in both of those arenas, so it's, yeah. a, lot, it's a lot of fun. Um, if you're not following uh, this podcast already on Twitter, it's at NotoriousP underscore O underscore D. And Instagram is just at the Notorious POD, like all one word. Uh, if you want to follow me, I'm at the real John Bass, J O N B O S S on all platforms. 
Um, and then this pod's just everywhere, so recommend it to your friends. You can also leave us um, your five for five, which is basically like, give us your personal five, like, favourite MCs basically don't have to be the best five though just your personal five favourites um, and leave us a nice little five star review as well that'd be great um, boys it's been a pleasure as always thank you so much um, we are going to try and get some pods out a bit more regularly it's just trying to get guests uh, which is always the hard bit but we're talking to some interesting people we're talking to uh, Children of Zeus I really really like their stuff um, and they're just trying to finish up their project so it won't be till probably the summer but we're, we're talking about doing some stuff going to have Tony D back which will be good oh, yeah. um, got another one of my friends who's also an artist none the wiser is going to come on as well so yeah we've got some exciting stuff coming up so we'll, um, we'll try and keep it a bit more regular that is the plan but thank you very much for joining us and get ready for the next episode peace the rap Obama This is Notorious P.O.D. The name's John Bass on this M.I.C. I brought a couple man alongside of me. I got Gary Roy Smith in the place to boot. We got murder stats and guests galore. You know we're talking real hip-hop folklore. And we're gonna cover all the goddamn classics. Notorious P.O.D. We're gonna smash it. Peace.